What's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Big Red Banter. As usual, this is the voice you've been hearing if you've been listening for over a year or if it's the first time um, that you're ever hearing this voice. If you're turned off by it, I completely understand. Um, but just try and make it through these introductions and then you'll probably learn to appreciate it. I'm Skylar Holzman, WVBR Sports Director. Uh, I'm joined as usual by Jake Richards and I'll introduce our special guest slash producer extraordinaire slash segment special specializer. Um, so, um, but Jake Nailed Richards it. first. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, exactly. Morning, guys. We are recording this show about 15 minutes after I've woken up on a Friday morning, but uh, irrelevant because I'm bringing all my energy. I have my to-go morning coffee and I've already had about half of it. So uh, I have a lot of caffeine in my system right now. So this is going to be a great show, a lot of high energy, uh, especially a lot of high energy for a newer voice we got going on today and a newer segment. So introduce yourself, Adam. What's going on, guys? My name is Adam Feldman. I'm a junior here at Cornell. I've been, I was a spring admit with Mr. Jake Richards. Oh, Two yeah. years ago, all 55 of us uh, on <laughs> campus here at Cornell. Uh, I'm here in beautiful Ithaca, New York. It is actually insanely nice outside. And to quote Skylar from yesterday, you know what's sad about when it's nice out is that it won't be nice out again. And, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and I thought that is the most depressing thought <laughs> possible. But very excited to be here. Just like Jake, I got up about half hour ago just for the show. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, that is so good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That was, um, it was a really, because we, we were like discussing the show and it was, it ended up being a, like a sobering conversation to start with. Cause we were just like, happiness ends here. I think that was the gist of it. Like happiness, oh my God. happiness doesn't last. Keep in mind, we were on the phone for 10 minutes in total. And within <laughs> the 30 seconds, I was sad. So like, <laughs> it was so nice. I was wearing a t-shirt. It was so nice. It was good vibes. And then I was like, you know what though? You're right. It's going to be 30 next week. A hundred percent. Well, if you stay inside all the time, you can't be disappointed by the weather. And I think that's the best way to handle uh, your mental health. So that's um, my metaphor, bro. <laughs> so anyway, um, let's get started with our, with our show, which has um, much happier vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I hope So, a lot of NFL stuff. We've been talking about NFL stuff the last, I think two episodes. And um, unfortunately it just seems to line up that every single show we do, I guess at this point, we just have to talk about like stuff related to QBs um the QB getting circus. money yeah um Dak Prescott Cowboys he just signed for what it was what four years 160 million yeah I think it had like 120 million guaranteed uh so for someone who clearly had a rough 2020 both personally and on the field uh I guess it was good to see him uh get his money uh Cowboys are known for kind of throwing money around um I don't want to say willy nilly, but you know, they're, they're one of the teams that can usually spend no matter what. So, uh, but it was good to see them spend their money on maybe not the best, like football investment, like long-term because of an injury he's dealing with, but someone who, in my opinion, definitely deserves to be respected in the way that this contract shows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on a personal level, you have to feel for the guy and you have to at least be happy that he got a contract of this nature after, like Jake said, a pretty rough 2020 overall. So many of us did, but to be in a national news and that like that, uh, pretty tough for him. And I think that at the end of the day, uh, it's pretty great news, actually, for him personally. And I think for the Cowboys, I think that he can really turn it around, even with some of his injuries that he's uh, dealt with lately. I think that uh, it could actually be a, a wise investment in the long run. 
Yeah, and he's also crossed. like he's he's like insanely resourceful. I mean, I honestly feel like he was never really lacking money because he was just making like all those mattress commercials um that you'd see. I don't know if you guys remember those. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like honestly not a terrible actor. Um well and, that's and- the most important part of the contract. That's actually a big clause. <laughs> I don't know if you right. know that. It was wait, was it so they said it was like 119 million guaranteed for like acting skills and then the one million just for his like on field performance, right? Yeah, that's it. Definitely. Why do you think Peyton Manning did so well? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that makes that makes perfect sense. And the, you know the thing is, ath- oh my god, athletes, athletes would do so, so well. <laughs> <laughs> athletes would do so well if they all just had the pipeline into the acting industry. I think, right? Well, look at I don't I don't mean to change it to another sport, but I mean Space Jam too. There you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, Peyton Manning, he actually had a pretty, he actually had pretty good timing in those commercials. I would not be surprised if he does more stuff like Shaq. Oh, yeah. He really actually went into acting. Uh, I mean, he has the name recognition. But beyond that, he actually, he's actually sneaky funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a show. I saw like a commercial, I think a couple months ago. He has a show that I, I don't think anyone knew he did. Cause they, they must've marketed it terribly. Cause I think anyone seen Peyton Manning in a show, like he was in, he was in modern family. He made a cameo. Yeah. He made a um, cameo in modern family. Oh, oh my gosh. He was so good. We were really grasping so at straws in modern family though. At that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you bring in, when you bring in celebrities, you know, like you're just in writer's block and you're like, let's build an episode around someone who we're going to pay. We have, like we have a Peyton Manning million. episode. <laughs> that, that's the name of the script. <laughs> oh my um, God. Well, Back to the QB circus and not necessarily the, I mean, the QB acting circus could be its own segment. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> best, but, best actors, best, best future actors, athletes. We'll figure that out eventually. Yes. But, well, yeah. Hey, do we, do we think someone else who signed an extension who I definitely have questions about, do you think they have an acting career and the reigning Super Bowl champion, Mr. Tom Brady? We, Adam, you got it. What was the wording for, I read this tweet this morning when I woke up. This is the this is from Adam Schefter. Tom Brady reached agreement with the Buccaneers today on a four-year contract extension that voids to a one-year extension that locks him into Tampa Bay through the 2022 season. Sources tell ESPN. Dude, those sources. What the hell does that mean? Those Those numbers don't add up. Yeah. (laughs) Those sources were like having a stroke while they were trying to get this. I'm not a calculus teacher, but what the hell was that? I, I'm wondering if he had to like explain himself in the thread the entire like the entire like no, after tweeting no that thread. There's no thread. That <laughs> was just the tweet, and he just left it up there. And everybody in the comments is like, "What is that supposed to mean?" Comments are disabled <laughs> because I don't want to explain myself. He got no. He got ratioed hard. Everybody in the comments were saying, <laughs> "What? What are you saying? Just, just tell me what the news is." Because at first you're like, "Oh, four year contract." And then for there, you said, wait, one year through 2022. I think, Jake, you said it, it, it has to do with an opt-out. Maybe. I, like, especially if you're Tom Brady, you're probably going to be – if you're Tom Brady in your older years, you're probably going to be getting a contract with opt-outs. That's just my guess. He's uh, going until he wants. Like, exactly, like, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll keep bringing him back until until he's done. No, yeah. I was literally – I literally t- I tweeted something out this morning. I was like, I think – He's probably just going to retire at 65 like a normal person because he just wants the financial stability of having the social security checks at that point, <laughs> um, which would not shock me. I'm I mean, not retiring re- until I get my AARP checks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's what, like, he's, okay, so he's going to be 45. He's going to be starting at 45 in 2022, which is the oldest, I think, 
ever starting quarterback in the league. Oh I'm my god! Sure. If if he gets sacked, he's gonna turn like the Thanos like Infinity War snap. He's just gonna turn to dust. What's what's gonna happen to him? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it all comes down to conditioning with him. I mean, there there is nobody in the NFL, probably in NFL history, that takes care of their body like like what Tom Brady does and makes me feel terrible about myself. Oh, yeah. the gym. <laughs> but overall, uh, uh, you know, that that's the only way that you can possibly do it. You, you can't just come out of the womb being like, I can play in the NFL till I'm 50 years old. Uh, challenge yeah, accepted. This is, uh, this is the perfect, yeah, I mean, this is the perfect time to make the reference that Adam will understand unless you've heard the show, which maybe you will. The fact that we are six, eight two eighty, And so like, I, you know, I do think we, we have a shot. Oh yeah. Um, first round guys, right? I think round. we're all going to go first round. Is that, is that, is that a possibility? Oh no, no, no. We're going to the XFL. That's right. We we're, no, we're, not... we're, we're going to the fan controlled league. Okay. We're going to the yeah. fan controlled football league. You know what? I don't even think I'd make the cut there. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Five, seven Jews don't do well. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're what about Manziel's height, right? Like, and he's, he's doing fine. Yeah. That worked out great for him. <laughs> <laughs> the NFL, the fan controlled league pipelines classic. I, 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 I just like in little league, I was always on the bench, but I was, oh, I, I was uh, on the bench doing the sabermetrics in the dugout in seventh grade and telling him how, how good, how good are you were making the Gatorade, Adam? That's the real question. Were you, were you the Gatorade <laughs> mixer? Were you the chef? No, 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 no. They, I, I didn't get to graduate to that level actually. <laughs> um, so I, I was, uh, maybe one day I'll get there. I one don't day. Know. All right. Yeah, maybe. Oh, man, we'll like we'll, we'll get really... you there. We'll get you. for fantasy baseball. You can be the Gatorade guy. How's yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it would have been a great a great move to like spike the Gatorade back in the day. That <laughs> oh would have been God. so sick. Like as a little league, like, that would have made the game so much more fun. Twelve <laughs> year olds have spiked Gatorade. <laughs> that's a that's a lawsuit, dude. That's. <laughs> that's my college take on it. <laughs> yeah. What's what is this show? <laughs> Wait, yeah, wait, we still have one more quarterback to talk about. <laughs> um, so speaking of Tom, uh, we're just going to we're just going to transit. No, no even transition at all. Speaking of Tom Brady, uh, his former team and his replacement QB, apparently Cam signed an extension with the Pats, which I would not have guessed was happening at all. But you know what? I, Cam, I don't think he had the worst season there, but hopefully he's looking to improve for sure. I think that's what Pat fans would would say as well yeah i mean he like i guess it's just an excuse to read his instagram texts or try attempt to for another year where he just uses all those random symbols i don't like look he can't throw anymore he he literally cannot throw his arm is just his arm is done he looked like he honestly looked like drew Brees this season because Brees couldn't throw either but Brees had a torn labrum so that that makes sense i don't know what cam's deal is but he he can't throw cam i I feel like Cam Newton was one of those quarterbacks where he'll have like two or three games where it's just like, yeah, he's not good. I don't, you know, he, he's not like the worst quarterback in the league, but like, yeah, you know, Patriots fans would say like, oh, we need better than him. And then he'll have like one really good game where it's like, all right, more of this guy, more of this guy. Like he, he maybe had two or three games this season where it was like, this is the Cam Newton we want. And it's only a one-year deal, one-year 14 million. So I guess it's like uh, low risk uh, high reward potential I mean, high reward situation yeah in his prime have you ever seen anybody i mean just electric on oh, a football yeah. field i mean uh, uh, his ability to just uh, i i've never seen a, a quarterback run like that and just plow through people talk He's, about uh, i mean uh, an imposing competitor 
Uh, and I think that's really the main reason they're, they're hoping to get a little bit of that spark. And you, you see it occasionally. It's just a matter of him getting that consistency back. Maybe I, w- I would, ho- I-, I would think that maybe the adjustment of like the O-line and the offense from a guy like Brady, who's sort of like short pass, quick vision kind of guy to a guy like Cam Newton, who is more like rush, you know, a rush heavy QB um, in his best state. I'm wondering if they just need another year to sort of, uh, you know, adjust their, like get their offensive coordinator on the same page as Cam, uh, get like their O-line to figure out what they really need to do, develop some new plays. I'm wondering if that's what they're hoping to see with one extra year. Um, cause if they do the, I mean, I don't want to, I, I feel like the Patriots are one team where it's like, yeah, they had a bad year, but I, I never want to like count them out, uh, especially in their uh, division. So you never, especially you really never know. Division. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, cause like there's all these rumors about Deshaun maybe going to the jets and also what about the That'd Patriots nice. developing Jarrett Stidham? Like, where yep. has he been? Because people, they really, Belichick really liked Stidham. Like, that's all I heard last year. Even with Cam, they were like, Jared Stidham could be the starter because he's that good. And they just gave him no playing time, even though, I mean, you know, he came on a lot of games because Cam was just awful yeah. last year, you know? Well, if they really believe in him and, and if Cam is not the player that they think that he could be, then absolutely he's going to be a major name uh, by the time I'd say midseason comes around. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's such a weird, it's always, the system is always weirded me out. Like the NFL uh, QB development system. Cause unless like you have no quarterback at all, like even if you're really good coming out of college and you get drafted by a team that kind of has a quarterback already, like you'll just sit on the bench for like years, you know, like yeah. think about Brady and, and breeze and stuff coming on as backups. I mean, they're hall famous, but like that, isn't that, I don't know if that's just me. That feels like, it feels like a weird system where you just, you know, are relegated to the bench for a while while you're like learning. Yeah, the, yeah, the coaches are probably – I feel like it's very reminiscent of, uh, like, uh, a major league GM keeping uh, a guy who's ready to be called up in the minors for, like, an extra 60 games, really, so they don't have to pay him. But the excuse they say is, ah, oh, well, we're working on their defense. Um, <laughs> Chris Bryant? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chris Bryant, yeah. We're and, working and- on their defense, yeah. They, they need to develop their defense. <laughs> <laughs> so weird it's so sure, if so, you call so them up weird. they hit 35 bombs and have like uh, as many extra base hits as walks but yeah sure they need to work on their defense that's that's the excuse oh my god yeah and then i mean yeah pete alonzo like thank god they brought him up to opening day like because oh, yeah. like I, you know there's so there's still debate whether or not you can like i mean this is completely shifting sports for a second but like you know there's you can i feel like there's there's an opportunity to like hit yourself into the starting lineup but i think there's still a lot of teams that just like don't believe in that they just go in with set expectations Chris Bryant was the best prospect in baseball. Oh, and yeah. The Cubs still said, like, by far, he was the golden boy. And they still said, we're waiting three. And, and you know what? It's a loophole, but I don't blame them at all. Uh, you know, yeah. for, for to save face, you have to say, oh, we're doing it for, for his defense, defense or whatever yeah. it may be. But the way that the system works, that makes sense as to why you do it. The main way that you fix it, you can't blame the owners. You got to, uh, you got to blame the system that we have. Oh yeah. System. Oh yeah. It's just the, it, in a certain way, it's the owners just being smart with the rules they're given. Uh, yeah. I mean, and those, all those clearly, arbitration players and clearly for the, for the Cubs, it worked. Um, I mean, 2016 was like a historic year for all of some sports. So, uh, you know, after 2016, a different story, but, um, you know, clearly, clearly it works. Hopefully, uh, where did where? Oh, we were talking about like QBs getting drafted and like moving up. Hopefully, if New England finds a backup they like uh, to replace Cam, 
uh, at maybe after his one-year deal or if he's not doing well during his one-year deal. I don't know what Belichick would plan to do. Um, again, I don't, I don't know if rushing up a, a high school or not a high school, um, a draft pick, you know, right out of college would be the move. Uh, just because of manipulation and because maybe they're not haven't you know looked at the playbook enough but I mean if anybody's resourceful enough to figure out a way to put a, a above 500 team on the field I I would say it's Bill Belichick so yeah absolutely I think all right so let's um let's shift gears because we got a couple more things to do um well let's uh let's go into college basketball right now um briefly Duke Duke had a positive COVID test that knocked him out of the ACC tournament. And like, look, look, it's Duke. So everyone can rejoice. Okay. I think that's, I think that's a consensus. Like it was, I was at work on my lunch break. I was buying some sushi and I saw the TV behind me that says Duke has positive case cancel season. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, so the standard, is that the, the standard that if you have a single positive case, that that's it or is it a Duke, was it Duke's call? I think it was, I think it was Duke's call. I think it was a mixture of like, we don't want to go into the tournament, not necessarily knowing how many cases we really have. I think that's a valid reason because you have one case, then you have to test everybody and then you don't know how many you're going to get from there. Uh, and I think that's valid, but I also think that, you know, in terms on the money side, Duke was like, we're not going to make the tournament this year. Uh, I'm not going to, spend money on i'm not gonna spend extra money on protocols to like keep everybody safe when i could just say like sorry go home guys and that sucks that's i wouldn't want to be a duke player right now because i don't i feel like they are definitely getting the short end on this if they want to earn their way into a tournament spot they still like kind of had a chance or they still had a chance to like play their hearts out and you know play for their scholarship money uh (laughs) but that's uh, unfortunate but you know it's it's duke i don't really feel that bad for him so yeah i mean i was saying it's kind of like it's kind of like the teams that always um are do that that have done like a self-imposed postseason ban with because there's something wrong with their program but like most people are just like yeah it's because they suck and like they had no shot anyway so we're, we're it's, protesting it's, this game uh. <laughs> we're protesting this game because we're zero and 28 i'm taking yeah, my exactly. ball and going home <laughs> we didn't like the call so this game is under protest uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but they're yeah, so they're they're out of the tournament. Um, and uh, Gonzaga, um, well, in college basketball, on this Gonzaga, they're going to the tournament undefeated. It's I think only the 16th time it's ever happened. Um, and wow. Gonzaga is really good, they never get any credit because I don't know where they are. Um, and I don't know what Gonzaga means if it means something, maybe in Latin, I don't know, but like it's it's really um, an interesting, yeah, no, definitely not Latin, but um, some language, maybe. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Do you guys know anything about Gonzaga? Because they're they're historically really good. But I don't you know put them in, you, about them. You, you put it in the notes. Uh, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I can tell you that everything I just said is everything that I know. Well, um, then I don't. <laughs> and, and it's factual. Write that down. That's true. <laughs> this is if you're listening, I want you to know that I'm talking about Gonzaga. They're a basketball team in college, and this is a fact. Um, and I think so. We can all to, agree. So to summarize, what you just said is in one sentence is Gonzaga is a team period. That, that is, ex- I, you know, I, sorry, I was doing the Adam Schefter tweet style where I just wanted to say like 300 things in a sentence to screw everyone up. <laughs> it could have been so much easier. In conclusion. Yeah. Um, but anyway, congrats to Gonzaga. We got a new segment this time. Adam explained to us how this is going to work. 
So oh sure, uh, it is fantasy baseball season, everybody. And if uh, you guys are like me, it is the happiest time of the year. If you're like my father, he will literally, quick story. My dad, when we had to pick bar mitzvah dates, my dad is so into fantasy baseball, he put his draft dates as conflicts so he wouldn't, it would never interfere. <laughs> so I come from that kind of family. So I love that. So I can't, can't do the 19th. Uh, I got my, I got no, my fantasy seriously. pick. <laughs> seriously. And my birthday's in April. So he straight up was like, I can't do the month of March. I'm out of commission. So, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, He's like, you I have to wait to become a man for, a, for like a month or two. <laughs> so I come from that kind of family. That's so amazing. I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to think I know a little bit about uh, the fantasy baseball world, and I am here to help for all of your upcoming drafts. So today we're going to be playing a little game called Smash or Pass. So I, I have a list of players that we got here, uh, and uh, I will be showing you guys their ADP. ADP stands for average draft position for the layman. So if you're right now around one, meaning who's going first overall is Acuna Jr. or Betts or Trout, one of those three. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be showing you guys their ADP and whether or not you should take them at that spot. And if I don't think that you should, I will say that you should pass on them and I will give you some suggestions of other guys later in the draft that could be more valuable and you can get some really good bargains here in this draft. Uh, so uh, let's begin. Um, my first player up on my list today, we're going to be talking about Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich, if you guys were following, he had a rough, rough 2020. He was my first pick last yeah, year. Yeah, of course. He was a lot. He was my first pick, too. He had a rough, rough season. We're talking generally, by the way, five by five um, category. So that means batting average, runs, RBIs, home runs, stolen bases. Yep. Christian Yelich, he hit like 205 last year. However, the peripheral numbers underneath are still excellent. He's hitting the ball hard. He had outstanding plate selection. He's one of the very few players in baseball that can be a legit five-category guy. The only ones that can are in front of him, the Sotos, the Acunas, the Trouts. Yeah. Uh, so I'm full smash on Christian Yelich. Uh, I wonder if you guys have any thoughts about Yelich for this coming he, year. He's like, if you watched his at-bats last year, you knew like he's doing everything right except getting barrel at the right spot. Um, and he's an MVP type player. We've all seen him hit in his amazing years. He's going to figure it out. He still managed to hit around league average um, in terms of OPS. I'm pretty sure he had OPS plus at exactly 100. So that's exactly average. Um, I, I, there's, I like, I'm 99% sure he's bouncing back and going to hit like, uh, you know, 35 home runs and going to have like 70 extra base hits. Like he's going to be fine. Yeah. I also think that, uh, you know, it's just two months. It's so hard. You have to do so much mental math when trying mm. to evaluate last season. Uh, and there's some guys that I'm going to be big on in this list that, uh, you know, because they had a great two months. But if you had a bad two months and you were consistently doing it day in, day out for five years, I'm not going to discount two months and say you shouldn't take them in this draft. Exactly. Uh, anyway, anybody want to talk about the next player? Uh, oh, Trevor Bauer. What are your guys' thoughts on Trevor Bauer? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, Skylar, I want you to take the lead on this because I, I, would, I would say too much. Look, honestly, okay. We Obviously, Bauer won the Cy Young last year. I, I, just, I do like stating facts all the time. Um, but I, I honestly think, look, way overpaid. 
He's going to have the chip on his shoulder. He's really cocky, but look, at two months, again, I, I'm always, I feel like the the thing in this list is like the theme is going to be the two-month sample. And like, I don't think in a two-month sample, I don't think he can maintain that. Like, I, you know, I think DeGrom over the course of a full season would have beat him out for the Cy Young, like no doubt in my mind. And so um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't love him this year. I really don't love him on the Dodgers. I mean, his stuff looked okay. His stuff looked okay in his first start. Like his, his curve looked good. Um, but you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he's going to live up to the hype. I don't, I don't like him this year. I think, I think it's, a, I think he's going to pitch relatively well. I don't, I wouldn't, I would take him. I don't know about like what round I'd take him, but I wouldn't take him as my ace on my team, on my fantasy That's team. That's where he's going. That's really the issue. So his ADP is 14 that yeah, for a 12 for a typical 12 team league. That means the beginning of the second round. Yeah. And that's, that's too high for me, you know, and, and there is something to be said similar with you Darvish about a guy figuring it out. And if you look at, at his underlying skills, they're really good. His spin rates up all that, oh, yeah. all that really fancy stuff. But at the end of the day, there's some unknowns there about joining a different team. And yeah, it was, we're basing this off two outstanding months, but for, for him to be your ace and for you to take him in the se- early second round, I don't know if I would do it. So it's I definitely will, a gamble. Yeah, I would pass on him, but here's some guys I would take instead. I would take easily his teammate, Walker Bueller. Oh, yeah. Pick 20. Yes. I think, that's, I think that Walker Bueller is one of the most talented pitchers in all of baseball, with the exception of, at this point, DeGrom who's just cons- – he hit 102 yesterday, by the way, in spring training. That's, um, um, dude, he's 32. Yeah, yeah he's that's unbelievable. wild. Oh but God. Walker Bueller is electric, and I think that all – I think that uh, he's had some issues with it with a blister last year, but I yep. think that he can really fix those problems this year. I would much rather have him anchor my rotation than Trevor Bauer. I can agree to that 100%. And I just want to add a, qu- a really quick side note. Um, someone else who I just watched briefly in their start in spring training, uh, Julio Urias. He looked he looked Filthy. really good. Oh, Filthy. yeah. He could be really, really well, good. They were talk- they've been talking about him since he was 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got – I mean, he was closing out the World Series for them for a good reason. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, next guy I have on my list is Mr. Max Scherzer. Uh, Max okay. Scherzer for me, uh, he's going at 24. So I'm not a mathematician, but that's about the early third round. Uh, that's generally an SP one. That means that you're, he's supposed to anchor your rotation. Yeah. He's a future hall of famer. I'm passing on him. I, 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 I agree. Yeah. You know, he's, he's 36, 37 years old and you never know when that shoe's going to drop at that age it's very hard to take guys like that uh justin verlander i had similar apprehensions obviously i didn't know there was going to be tommy john for, for jv but for a guy like scherzer and not even that there were some causes for concern home runs were up last year walks were up his whip shot up like to i think a little bit below league average so some guys i would take instead i would much rather have a young jack flaherty who i love or Luis Castillo going in around 29 in the draft. Um, if you want to wait a little bit, um, some guys that are not as well-known, Brandon Woodruff and Zach Gallen at 40. Zach Gallen was filthy last year. Oh, yeah. Brandon Woodruff. Uh, they're a bit more risky because it's a smaller sample, but I think I'd much rather have that younger, younger guy. And you could pick up a really good bat at that spot at 24, uh, where you'd normally have to take Scherzer. I think – 
like in reference to Gallon and Woodruff, those are two like dark horse Cy Young kind of guys. Whereas Scherzer, I think he might have a good year, uh, but I don't, I wouldn't like rely on him to be anchoring my rotation at all. If he was, yeah, if he was going at instead of 24, he was going at 44, I would take him in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. But I just don't know if I want to trust him to anchor my rotation like that. Yeah. What about also where are we at with um Soroka or like Giolito? G- I, mean, I was gonna say, yeah, Giolito has a chance to win a Cy Young this year. Giolito's going early. Giolito, people are high on him already. He's already going yeah. at 19, uh, which oh, wow. is high. Oh That's like he's like the next pitcher off the board right after Trevor Bauer. So wow. in my view, uh, you can't be like if you want Giolito, you gotta get him early. Um, and that's a, but I love Giolito. I think he's going to look great in a White Sox uniform this year. I think he, uh, his stuff is really good. Um, it's just a matter of, if you buy him, you got to pay it. You got to get him early. Uh, so, um, speaking of White Sox, uh, the next guy I have on my list, Eloy Jimenez, uh, going Ooh. on at 33. What are you guys thoughts on Eloy Jimenez? My God. 33. So what, that's like late third round, early fourth round. Yeah. Yeah, you guys passing or passing? Uh, I'm I'm passing. I like me some Eloy, yeah. but I think not everybody on that White Sox team is gonna hit at the level that they all have in the past. I think one of those outfielders is gonna have a like a figure it out kind of year, and I just have a feeling about Eloy. Um, kind of like how Encarnacion came to the White Sox and sort of just like didn't have it for a little while, which happens. I'm not blaming Eddie Encarnacion at all, but. I'm not, I'm not all that high on Eloy. I think he'll have a decent year. He might like have a hot month, but like maybe a good like pick if on the waiver wire, but I wouldn't take him that early. Yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd pass as well. Although I do think, I do think all the hype around the White Sox is justified with like Anderson and Abreu and obviously Giolito. So I, you know, but I, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't take him that high. <laughs> I wholeheartedly disagree. I'm, I okay. am smashing for Eloy Jimenez because if you want to talk about smashing, this guy crushes baseballs. And I think that beyond that, last year, yes, small sample, he almost hit 300. So it's not that he's a typical power hitter who's hitting 240 with 35 homers. He can hit – he doesn't steal bases. That's fine. A lot of people don't, yeah. I, especially nowadays. Um, but for his power, he could hit 35 home runs easily. Uh, and I think that at the end of the day – you're not going to find that many outfielders. I think if Yelich, let's say for some reason, we all think that Yelich is going to bounce back, but if he doesn't, Eli Jimenez is a dark horse for the best left fielder in all of baseball. Huh? Okay. Interesting. I mean, I respect it. I I, I, I like, I like respectfully disagree, but also like, okay. I mean, if you picked him, I would be like, okay, that leaves room for me to pick some up somebody else, but that pick could work for you kind of situation because I, I, I I'm see your motivation. I'm high on him. I like uh, it. Uh, Last guy right here on my list, uh, Blake Snell, now of the San Diego Padres. Blake Snell's going around 46. So do the math. That's the uh, – End of the fourth, beginning end of the fifth, of the fourth. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What are you guys' thoughts? I think Snell is either going to get hurt or he's going to have an amazing season. Like, I, I don't know how else to put it because he – Snell kind of has an injury thing. Uh, hence why the Rays were always sort of limiting him to like five, five innings or like three times through the rotation. Um, and I think he's, he's, he as a, as a competitive pitcher and a competitive guy is excited to go out and pitch more. And I think that it can either go really well for him and he's going to be surprised at how well he actually has and how, how well he can trust his stuff or he's going to get hurt. 
I, 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 I definitely smash because I think taking him as a, as probably your second pitcher um, in the draft, like, I, I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, being pissed off about what happened in the world series last year by getting pulled. Like oh, yeah. I'm sure that he wants this, this year to be in like an entire redemption year for that moment. So I'm definitely smashing there. I'm, I'm taking him as, as my second pitcher, probably. I am passing. Yeah. Oh. Very strongly on this guy. I, you know, uh, here's my unpopular opinion that nobody likes to hear. The Rays were completely <laughs> right to take him out of that World Series game. Absolutely. Really? really. The okay, Rays, interesting. The Rays are the smartest team in baseball by Oh, far. yeah, by far. And here's the truth about Blake Snell. Blake Snell can go through your order twice. The third time through the order, he's a completely different pitcher. Uh, and at the end of the day, he had one amazing season. He had that Cy Young season. This guy's a five-inning pitcher. He will throw five really good innings every time, but if you try and stretch him more, at least every kind of evidence so far, unless he makes a major adjustment to his stuff and his durability, I don't see – part of this league is wins, and I can see him not qualifying for wins yeah, a lot of yeah. the time throwing four or five innings out there. For me, I would much rather have – if you want to take a risky pick, I, I think Tyler Glass now is a dark horse candidate for Cy Young. Oh. Um, Corbin Burns for the Brewers – uh, I think is really, really talented. Nobody talks about him. And oh, yeah. uh, if you want to talk about a talented lefty, Max Fried of the Atlanta Braves. I was thinking Fried and Soroka, around, Fried and Soroka man. 70, Max Fried, you can get about 30 picks later. And I think he's going to put up a similar, if not better season for the Atlanta Braves. Every time I think lefties, I think, I mean, given how my team is in the AL East, I think of Snell like that. And I think of Ryu and I honestly, I think Ryu is due for a better season than Snell. I think that, I think he is going to be like, I think Ryu is going to be the anchor and the reliable arm for the Blue Jays and with good reason. So I would definitely pick Ryu over Snell at that. I think you said what? 44. Yeah. Uh, Snell's at 46. Ryu though is around that same area. Okay. So it, but if you want him, that's okay. You can take him at that spot. It's just, yeah. uh, it's an investment uh, okay. more. So I think Max Fried could be a bargain. I, I can see. It. I think Freed with that lefty loopy curveball, which is just something that brings Filthy. me tears. It's so it's so beautiful, uh, and it's so disgusting. Yeah, if he's definitely going to be a huge part of that Braves rotation, and I have them winning the division, so he's he's got to think going to get some wins too. So that'll help you out in that category. Absolutely. All right, that's all for me, boys. Thank you for Sweet. playing Smash or Pass. Cool, cool, yeah. Cool. Oh my God. We'll keep up with this and like, you know, start a season. I mean, based on this segment alone, you have, if you're listening, you have no reason not to start a season. I'm talking specifically to you, Chris Morales, who's our GM, who we have to mention in every episode. Shout out to our GM, Chris Morales. <laughs> Got to get him in here. And um, yeah, that's amazing. We'll, uh, we'll keep doing this segment. We could do it throughout the season to tell people like who to pick up off the waivers. Um, but yeah, great, great stuff. Um, and uh, guys, that's our episode. Um, hope you enjoyed. We will be back in two weeks live on 93.5 FM WVBR. But until then, stay well, start your league, put down a lot of money, and lose all of it by the end of the season. <laughs> That's my <laughs> Thanks, way. <boys. laughs> Thanks, guys. Make sure to check out our social media accounts at WVBR FM Sports on Instagram and Twitter, and also check out our written content on WVBR.com sports. Big Red Banter airs bi-weekly at 4 p.m., but on the weeks that banter is not airing, make sure to check in at the same time for special coverage of Cornell's athletes.